0: What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. Freedom Church, it might not seem like much, but if you can just offer him a hallelujah, if that's all you can do at this moment, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what it looks like. To some, it may look like the end of the world. But the God of all creation who loves us has come to visit us. And if all we can muster is a hallelujah, then he'll gladly accept that. See, he lives for our praises, he inhabits our praises. So no matter what it is, don't let the things of life, don't let the enemy silence you. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to keep the church silent. He wants us to be so confused, so bombarded by everything we see going on and around us in our lives. We think, how could I possibly go on? But if you just throw up your hands, if you ignore all that stuff, throw up your hands and just say, hallelujah. To the one true God. To the only God there is. To my help, my rock, my salvation. To the Lord of all creation. He will hear. And he will come. And he will make his presence felt to you. And he will make love come around you. And give you the strength that you need. To keep going on. So let's give him one more hallelujah, Freedom Church. One more hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Lord God Almighty. We praise you and we welcome you. We acknowledge that you are Lord. We welcome your Holy Spirit to come and have its way. These songs we sing are because of you. You have been faithful to us. You have answered prayers. You have saved us and delivered us. You have healed us. You've done everything for us. You did it all when you gave us your son, Jesus. What more do you have to do for us? Father, we bask in your presence and we welcome you and invite you. Let every heart that's here sense your love and comfort saying, it's going to be all right. I am with you, the Lord says. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. The main scripture comes tonight from the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 2, verse 13. Which says, for my people... Have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And the Lord gave me the title for this message, and the title is called Holes. All right, we all know what a hole is an area where something is missing. Or something is broken, all right? Sometimes if there's a hole in the wall, it needs to, to be replaced or repaired. And holes can sometimes mean that maybe there's something missing in our life. Now, we all have holes, right? We're not, none of us are perfect. No, not one. The scriptures tell us only Jesus is perfect. And we try to fill our holes in numerous ways, Unfortunately, some turn to drugs to try to fill those holes. Some some turn to alcohol. Some some turn to great possessions and, and wealth. Some become workaholics. Some turn to food or some to other people trying to fill those holes. See, if there's a hole in our life, we'll try to find some way to fill it. Whether we realize it or not, we're all searching. We're all trying to fill those holes. We try to make up for that empty space that we're feeling because there's an inner emptiness like something is missing, and we're trying to desperately fill that void. But a lot of times, it just never seems to happen. We just can't get enough or have enough. Or do enough to fulfill us because all of our efforts seem to slip right through our holes. Now, you can have a bucket list, and there's nothing wrong with having a bucket list. There's nothing wrong with going places and doing things, right? But what happens when you get to the end of the bucket list, right? Because doing that bucket list means if I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this, then my life will be fulfilled, and I'll be happy, but what happens when you get to the end of the list? Right, this reminded me of uh, Alexander the Great. And if you know anything a little bit about history, all right, Alexander the Great was a big warrior and a big uh, conqueror, a big successful in battle. And he constantly overtook other countries and other peoples. But when he was done conquering all the peoples around him and he was the great ruler in charge of everything, you know what he did? He cried. He cried. He said, there's nobody left to conquer. In other words, he wasn't finished filling in his hole. Excuse me, his hole. Now, sometimes we get, one hole might get plugged up, but then another, wouldn't you know, it springs a leak. Maybe what people say to us or how they treat us has caused holes in our lives, almost like they're taking shots at us. They make us feel less than like there's something missing. So on and on it goes, this searching, this grasping, trying, yet we still come up empty. And the book of Ecclesiastes, I say, it it says something to the effect like that, and I'm paraphrasing, that everything is vanity. It's like trying to rope the wind. See, we try to do this on our own, most of the time, but it just doesn't work. Now, today, our holes, we, we could try to fill our holes by, well, I don't know, binging on Netflix maybe, scrolling through social media, maybe running up credit cards to get what we want instead of being content with what we have, which really comes down to a way of not trusting the Lord to provide all of our needs. I right? see, we want it now, and if I just get this stuff now, and if I just have that now, and if I get, then my life will be satisfied, I'll be fulfilled, and I'll just be like everybody else. We compare ourselves and our lives to all the others we see. And like the old phrase, keeping up with the Joneses, we want to be like them. We want to be recognized. We want to be accepted. Let me post something out on social media, and, oh, I hope I get a bunch of likes because the more likes I get, well, that'll plug the holes in my life, and I'll just feel better about me. And we're searching to fill these holes in our lives. And again, if I can just get this or do that or have that, then I've made it. I'll be successful. But really, if you think about it, we're kind of like a piece of Swiss cheese on the inside. that's why when they make a sandwich, they put the piece of Swiss cheese on the inside so you can't see the holes, all right? They hide it between the meat and the lettuce and the tomatoes and the onions and all that kind of stuff, all right, they hide it so you can't see the holes. A lot of times we hide our own holes deep inside of us, right, so nobody can see them. We put on all kinds of things on the outside so nobody really knows who we are, so nobody sees our holes, so they don't see life oozing out of us. But deep down, we're full of holes, They say history repeats itself, and, and I guess that's true. Because I said in, in the book of Jeremiah, in that verse, it says, for my people committed two evils. And the first one is, they have forsaken me, the Lord says, the fountain of living waters, and hewn from themsel- for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns parentheses, holes, they can hold no water. Some cisterns in this time were made of plaster or cement, and they were used for storing water. Now, to give you a little bit of background during this time when this was written, now, Jeremiah, you know, Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet. And he's called the weeping prophet because this message that he was bringing to the people was not a good one. All right? It wasn't a praise and hallelujah and, one and, uh, and, and look what the Lord has done for me and all this kind of stuff. It was a tough message, all right? And he knew that. And that's what made him so sorrowful inside. That's why he wept. During this time, idolatry was running rampant, all right? That means idols, people were worshiping false idols. And it was a tough, powerful, negative word that he had to bring to the people but as also he gave an opportunity for the people to repent. If not, they would suffer judgment. Now, I know in the Old Testament, a lot of times we read about God's judgment, all right? And he had to judge a lot of people a lot of times. But he does not prefer judgment. He's a very patient God, and he works with us. And he waits for us, and he gives us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Amen. Thank you. So, he does not prefer judgment. He holds it off until he can't take it anymore. And then he has to judge. And he, he always warns the people. He sends the prophet to warn the people. And he extends an olive branch. Now, if you only think about an olive branch, it's a symbol of peace. All right? A lot of times in, in war times between that, if one country offers an olive branch to another country, it's a symbol that, hey, we want peace. All right? We're going to extend to you this olive branch. If you receive it, let's have peace. Let's not fight. Let's, let's, let's see if we can talk this out. And that's what the Lord wants with all of us. He extends to us in all the branches. If we return to him, if we return to him, admit our guilt, ask for forgiveness, and have our relationship restored from him. Doesn't mean we won't suffer the consequences for the sin, but maybe, just maybe he'll hold off judgment. So, the Lord's desire is that for everybody to return to him. See, God is ready in a heartbeat for restoration. The scriptures have a a phrase that says he knocks on the door of our heart. And all he wants to do is come in and live there. But God's people during this time have turned away from him. In chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says that God speaks directly like a betrayed husband of a wayward bride. Now, we are being prepared. We are the bride of Christ. Amen. But here, God had to speak to the people very plainly, very directly. You see, he recalls the days when the whole nation of Israel was faithful to him. Of all the nations in the world, Israel was chosen, right? We know that they were set apart. They were special people. They were his chosen people. They were supposed to be the ones who set the example and brought the truth of who God is to the people. And here they are rejecting him, filling their own holes, their cracked cisterns, if you will, that can't hold water, and they're rejecting God. Now, let's, let's recall for a minute what he did for them, right? He delivered them from slavery, brought them through the wilderness and to the promised land. He was faithful to his word and to the people, even though through a lot of the process they were grumbling and complaining, and it took them a lot longer than it probably should have, right? But God keeps his word. He keeps his promises. And again, this was, this was his chosen people, his special people, and here they are rejecting him. See, the thing is, everyone who should have known better was guilty, now especially the leaders, all right, The priests, the experts of the law, the rulers, the prophets, they should have known better. They should have warned the people. They should have spoken up more. But what do they do? A lot of times, they, like we do today, they just go along with the crowd. They don't say anything. They don't want to cause trouble. So they didn't say anything. And as a result, the people turned to these youthless Worthless idols. They exchanged their glory for useless idols. And the Lord said this was a double evil. Again, because they abandoned him and they dug those cisterns, cracked as they were, trying to do it on their own. Why would you want to leave the only God who saved you, who provided for you, who rescued you, who brought you through all the trials of life, even in the desert when they were, You know, their their clothes didn't wore out. They had food to eat. He was a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day, all right? Again, brought them out of slavery and and set them in, in the promised land just like he said they would. So what happens because of their rejection? Well, Judah went from freedom to slavery. They went back to where they used to be. Now, they brought this on themselves. It's, it, it, this isn't part of God's judgment Yeah, This is something that they brought upon themselves. They didn't realize, maybe a sense of pride, but they were actually slaves to sin. See, their solution wasn't to turn back to the Lord But they turned to other countries. And if you read into chapter, a little more into chapter two, and maybe into chapter three a little bit, they turned to Egypt and they turned to Assyria to help fix the mess. Other people, no matter how well meaning, can't fix you, can't fix me. Only God can if we repent. And we return to him. If we call out to him and if we believe in him. Amen? Now, doing this, doing what they did, you know what the Lord calls that? Spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery. They acted like a prostitute offering sacrifices to idols on every high hill, it says in verse 20. They acted like a wild donkey in heat for her desire, it says in verse 24. Now, a wild donkey in in heat, they just get a whiff or a scent, and before you know it, they're led astray. See, they had God for a husband, in a manner of speaking, but instead... They said in verse 25, I love strangers. They ran after other things, other people, even strangers that were sucking the love. Uh, I'm sorry, they were seeking the love of fulfillment, and they were trying to fill their holes. They knew they were guilty, but they, they were too embarrassed. They were too prideful to go back to God and admit their guilt. Because God in an instant could have plugged up their holes. He could, have, he could have restored them. He could have filled them. But they said, no, we're going to build cisterns for ourselves. We're going to do this on our own. And if we have to have these people over here help us, if we have to have these people over here going to help us, this is what we're going to do. They turned their back on God like a wild donkey in her desire. Now, the Scriptures go on to show that when the, when the disaster struck... Guess what happened? They begged God to save them. How many times do we get in trouble? Whether it's something we did or something something's happened. It may not be our own fault, all right? But something happens and we turn to other people and other things and we think we can figure it out and we think we can handle it and we think we can do it, but we're just putting water in our cracked cisterns. They begged God to save them. They begged him to save them. But he just pointed to their false idols made of wood and stone. He said, you chose them. You ran to them for help. Am I not the one who got you out of slavery, delivered you through the wilderness, into the promised land, now you come to me? Now you want to cry out to me? You have chosen for yourself these other false gods, these other false idols. Go and see them. See if they can help you. And who can blame God for feeling that way? Who can blame God for saying that? They completely turned their back on him. See, they were stuck in their sin, and they had no intention of repenting. Isn't it interesting that when people get caught and, and things happen, the, a lot of times they're not afraid of what, it's not so much what they were doing, but they're afraid they get caught, you know? So they were stuck in their sin. They had no intention of repenting. All they wanted was help. All they wanted was God to get them out of this. All they wanted was God to fix it. They didn't want to admit that they were the problem, that they caused it, that they brought this all on themselves. In verse 30 of chapter 2, it goes on to show that Judah refused to accept God's discipline and declared instead, in verse 35, I have not sinned. Now, imagine that, getting into trouble like that, begging God for help, but then when God shows that they were the problem and that there was sin in their life, they refused to, I haven't sinned. I, yeah, I'm in a mess, I'm in a jam, but, you know, you helped us before, can you help us again? Not me, I, I didn't do it. No, no, it must have been those other people denial. See, we try to cover our holes. We try to cover our sin. Much like Adam and Eve did way back in the garden, right? When they sinned, they covered themselves with fig leaves. And then they said to the Lord, well, we, we knew we were naked, so we clothed ourselves with these fig leaves. He said, Who told you? They knew that they had sinned. We're all trying to cover up our sin when it enters our lives and please understand I'm bringing this word I'm not trying to condemn anybody I'm not pointing fingers at anybody but this is the word that the Lord gave me to bring so I have to bring it see God can see right through us he's got that Thing we like to think of is called x ray vision. He can see right through us. He can see right through our holes. He can see right to the heart of the matter. He knows you can fool people all day long and make it look like you have it all together, but God knows. So to deny your sin is to call God a liar. Camera okay, I'm getting ready to close. I know this isn't a, a long word. But let me ask you a question today. What kind of holes are you trying to fill? As I said, cracked cisterns though we are. None of us are perfect, like I said at the beginning. We're trying to make it look good. We're trying to make it look like we have it all together. But maybe, maybe it's not a result of something we did, but maybe it is, but we're all full of holes and we're trying to fill those holes on our own. Man's efforts can never do what God can do. We can never outdo God. We can never do it better than he can do it. So what kind of holes are you trying to fill today? Have you... Have you turned away from God? Are you trying to fill these holes on your own? Have you fallen into sin? Did you fall for the temptation? Did someone or something other than God catch your eye or lead you astray? See, God can fill us As I said, with a love that is so pure and so fulfilling, when He does, it leaves you with the most amazing feeling. You feel so satisfied. Why would we ever want to walk away from that? Why would we ever want to turn our back on that? Just like the the Israelites did way back then, they turned. They walked away. They left. Maybe it isn't sin, as I said before. So maybe life hasn't worked out the way you planned. Maybe you thought by a certain time in life you'd want to have certain things, you'd be a certain place doing a certain thing and have this, that, and the other thing, and it just hasn't worked out. And every time it doesn't work out, boom, another hole. So stop trying to do it on your own and come back to the only one who can help fill those holes. His name is Jesus. I want to share a little bit of my own personal testimony here because for me to become your pastor of Freedom Church is no small miracle on its own. I never dreamed that I would be in this position or become a pastor. I wanted to be a lot of things growing up, and every now and then it changed from one thing into another and another. But there was a time in my life where I was searching, where I was desperate, where I was looking for things to fill those holes. Drugs, alcohol, party life, people, Call it what you want. And it got to a point where I was so desperate, I just had to have a change in my life. And I tell the kids, this was the B.C. era of my life, before Christ was really in my life. I grew up knowing about him, but see, I didn't know him. And I was desperately searching. There were were things that happened in my life that I didn't like that were tough to handle. And then there was a lot of choices that I Uh, Made that weren't the right choices. I ended up going places I shouldn't have gone, saying things I shouldn't have done, treating people the way I shouldn't have, and ended up just lost and hopeless. I was full of holes, and I was searching for something somewhere. It got so bad that at one point in my life, there was these voices, and these voices were telling me to, well, you might as well just take your life. What have you got to live for? Nobody loves you. Nobody cares. See, You're all by yourself. If that's all life is, well, nobody's going to miss you. Go ahead. Take your life. And I thought, man, if I had done that, When I tell you I was full of holes, I was full of holes. If I had done that, I would have missed marrying my beautiful wife. I would have missed our three beautiful kids. I would have missed them being born. I would have missed the birthdays. I would have missed the graduations. I would have missed all of that stuff. So when I tell you I'm grateful, I'm grateful. When I tell you I was broken before, I was broken. I was a mess. But now that I have Jesus, when the day I met Jesus, the day that he came and filled me, he filled me with such peace, with such love, with such joy. It is absolutely amazing and life changing. It truly is. He truly is. And you know what happened? All of those holes were blocked up. All those questions went away. All those voices stopped. Sure, I have memories of them, but they don't have control over me anymore because Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and he saved me. He filled my holes when I couldn't. Praise you, Lord Jesus. So I would have missed all that had I listened to all the negativity and all the other things, the way that life was just pouring out of my, my holes, my cracked cistern, trying to do it all on my own, trying to figure it out, trying to have it all together. I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. And the, and the most, aside from all that stuff missing, that the, the real tragedy would have been that I would have missed heaven. I would have missed Jesus had I not gotten saved because he truly turned my life around. That would have been, yes, the other things were upsetting if I had missed those, but missing heaven would have been the worst tragedy of it all because now I know that I'm saved because I'm saved. My wife is saved and our kids are saved and y'all are saved. God is so good. He's patient with us. He puts, amen. Praise you, Lord. He puts up with us, and he stands at the ready to help us fill those holes. And when he does, nothing else matters. You won't need to run after things. You won't need to run after people. You won't look to be the people pleaser or any of that stuff. You won't turn... because God is so good. In John chapter 4, verse 14, uh, verse 14, excuse me, it says, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. See, that's the kind of living water that he wants to fill us with. And he doesn't want us to fill us just so we can say, hey, we're saved. He wants that living water to come out of us. Not through holes, not through the cracked cisterns. He wants us to pour that on other people. He wants that to come splashing out of us, in a sense. It should be so obvious to those around us. That we're not walking in defeat, but we are walking in victory because of what Christ has done in our lives. How he has filled those holes. How he makes us complete. It's not me, but it's him. And when people see that, when when that is reflected in you and who you are, that, that satisfaction, that joy that you have, and no matter what comes your way, Smooth sailing. That's why he says says, rejoice even when you go through hardships. Yes, rejoice because you're going to get through it. He's going to bring you through. He's not going to fail. We sang at the beginning of the service. He doesn't fail us. A lot of times we fail him and we fail others, but he'll never fail us. And John chapter 7 verse 38 says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. This is what I was alluding to just a minute ago. God doesn't want just a trickle coming out of us or just a stream. He wants a mighty rushing river of his spirit, his power coming out of us, coming through us, so that it's clearly evident that we're different Not that we're better than anyone, that we're different. And people will notice that difference, and when they see that difference, they may say, hey, I noticed you handle things a little differently around here. Why is that? Perfect opportunity to say, oh, let me tell you about Jesus. The most powerful thing you can tell them is what he has done for you. Don't worry about quoting scriptures. Don't worry about saying, oh, you need to read the book of this or the book of that. But each and every one of us here knows individually what he has done for us personally. That is powerful. And that is the living water that Jesus has for us. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for your goodness, your grace, your mercy. Lord, your patience with us. Father, I pray that if there's anybody here that needs prayer, that they would come to you now at this moment seeking forgiveness. Lord, that you would Plug up that hole, whatever it is. That you would heal them and bring them through, Lord. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Because we know truly he fills us completely. He makes us complete. And we are not perfect, but only made perfect through him. We honor you here tonight, Lord. We honor your word. We thank you for it and give you all the praise for it. Father, help each and every one of us here at Freedom Church. Lord, I know it doesn't look like it right now. We may be a small group, but, Lord, you have a big future for us. And you are preparing us. And, Father, I believe it's not what's done on the outside. It's what's going on in the inside of us. And what what you are doing inside of our hearts, that is what's going to attract people to Freedom Church. And Father, I see the day when we're going to have to move. I'm not just saying that. I see the day. May look impossible, may sound impossible, but Lord, I know with you all things are possible because you can make a way. You've done miracles. You've done it in my life. You've done it in all of our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for filling our holes and blessing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.